0: hey everybody i have a really good podcast coming up with frank hotchkiss former santa barbara city councilman and so before that starts and i'm just going to take a second here i wanted to ask you to please subscribe to santa barbara talks podcast on youtube i'm trying to gain subscribers and i'm trying to get as many as i can the goal is some kind of monetization on youtube and the only way to do that is to build subscribers and increase watch time and pretty good on watch time. It's that subscriber list. So please try to hit subscribe and uh, let's get up to 400 subscribers. We're almost there. And um, I hope you see value in this podcast. One of the cool things that I do it for is because I want to share these great conversations I have with these sources, with these individuals in the community and you all get to hear it straight from them. It's not something that is through the lens of a a certain kind of narrative of a story. It's just a conversation between a journalist and a source, and it's an environment where everybody can feel safe to express themselves. And we talk about so many important issues in the community, housing, education, transportation, business, culture, politics. And in this podcast, people have the opportunity to say what they feel and speak candidly and not be judged. And have a really great conversation and then people can listen and watch and feel as though it's part of the discourse of what we have in santa barbara so i really appreciate you uh, taking the time to watch these podcasts it's uh it's a lot of fun for me and i know that the audience and the viewership really appreciates it also visit santabarbaratalks.com and uh, feel free to make a contribution this podcast is owned by me and uh, it's something that i do completely 100 percent on my own and so any support that you can offer is very much appreciated for my time for my ability to expand and grow to reach out and plan and talk to as many people and reach the largest audience possible so thanks again for taking the time to to watch and you know some of you are already subscribers and some of you are seeing this for the first time Appreciate it. Have a great day. Hit subscribe on YouTube. Thank you. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's such a pleasure today to be here with somebody who I admire tremendously and who I had the opportunity to report on and work with over the years. And now he's off in Savannah, Georgia, but I know very much his his heart and his mind are still here in Santa Barbara. So we're going to have a great conversation about current events, what's going on, and catch up with him as well. Former Santa Barbara City Council member Frank Hotchkiss, such a pleasure. How are you doing today?
1: Fine. Hey, I have a co- confession to make. <laughs> Your boss is going to love this. You know, I must read like, I don't know, 20 different papers nationally, internationally. NewsHawk is the first one I look at. <laughs> I, I can't tell you why, except that it's good to see so many friends and acquaintances, acquaintances pop up. And uh, I like to stay abreast of how things are going in Santa Barbara. Um, It was a great 20 years that that we were there. I'm not sorry we left, but um, it's uh, great to see, you know, how things are going. And I I would say, if I could just roll in the comments here. Sure. uh, I think a very good thing that you've got a real adult in the room in the form of Randy Rouse. Yeah. He has... Got an even hand; uh, doesn't get wrapped up in emotional stuff or political stuff. Tries to steer, I think, basically clear of that. He didn't even take a position on the Gavin Newsom uh, recall. He just said that's other that's the for the people to choose. So um, I, I have nothing but uh, praise for Randy and what he's done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Randy, Randy's definitely changed the tone of Santa Barbara City Council. Obviously, former Mayor Kathy Mario was there, and Randy unseated her. And there's an entirely different mood at City Hall. I wanted to ask you, or I wanted to sort of just kind of address the audience a little bit, is that, Frank, you, you are a, a conservative, and you were able to... To get elected in a city that is predominantly liberal in terms of the voting uh, base, and uh, I think you're really are, uh, remembered and admired and respected because even though you have your 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 beliefs, uh, when you got on the council, you were somebody who really tried to govern, if you will, uh, for everybody. Uh, you did not try to necessarily make it a partisan game. And I think that's why your legacy in Santa Barbara is going to be one as somebody who was impactful and uh why you did so well uh in terms of uh the feedback from, from voters up until the very end. And and I think that's why that's why I will have you on the show, is cause you can offer a real uh uh honest, uh sober sort of version of events and what's going on. And, uh, you know, you, you're you really one of these people kind of open doors for, for others to have a voice at City Hall who are not part of the Santa Barbara County Democratic Party. So um, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Frank, as you're watching from afar, as you're watching news, as you're reading NewsHawk, uh, what's your take on uh, Santa Barbara? Obviously, Randy has changed things, but let's let's dive right in and talk about State Street. Right. There's sort of a huge uh, conversation right now talking about parklets and uh, Uh, outdoor dining and closing the street to cars. And that's sort of this huge thing going on. There's this master plan effort. There's an $800,000 consultant. And I know if you were here, you'd have tons of thoughts on what's happening, but what's your take on State Street in downtown? Well, I wish I had some uh,
1: brilliant insights. I don't, and I don't think anybody has had any brilliant insights. It would be nice if the State Street uh, retailers got better support from the local community but it's not a big community so how much how much can even the locals do and now of course with amazon one click away you can get virtually anything within a few days uh delivered to your door that's that's tough competition not to say that uh, one should give up um, restaurants food establishments have uh continued to do well oh as a as an aside, when when I left, when we left here, I told my wife, well, there are two things you got to expect. The weather is never going to be as good wherever we go, <laughs> and neither is the Mexican food. And that <laughs> is absolutely proved to be true. Oh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I missed that, you know, El Citio and places like that. They were yeah. great. Anyway, um, I think, I suspect, having talked to Randy, that the... Uh, quote unquote, pest infection infestation is just the latest, uh, you know, sort of news item that uh catches people's attention. Hasn't changed much in the past, hasn't changed in the future. You know, I never saw rats running around on State Street. I don't know if you see them, uh, I doubt it. Um, what uh, the, the, the city is pretty good about keeping things clean as as our most retailers you know it's their business and they want people to come in and feel good the the homeless problem like is perennial and never going to go away i don't think it's interestingly um we don't have it at all i would say here maybe i'm you know polishing the apple a little bit but uh, compared to the fact that it's uh, focused on state street that sort of makes it unavoidable uh and um just I, I had always said, and I think Randy had said, and, and maybe you had said, best thing to do is to not pay people to be homeless, which is to say, don't give them money out of your pocket, because that's that's what make, keeps them coming back. Sounds kind of heartless, but um, most, I think you have said and others have said that something like 60%, maybe 40 or 60% of people that are on the street like that have a, an addiction problem of one sort or another. You're not going to pay somebody a dollar or two out of your pocket and help them with their addiction problem. It's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. So I know California, at least I understand California has followed the model, which is popular. Housing first Mm -hmm. Uh, hasn't really worked. In California, housing is so egregious just as a general problem. I have yet to understand why we could sell our house for millions of dollars that in fact, would be worth a quarter of that elsewhere in the country. But the market there is, is I mean, it's just incredible. And if you're a homeowner, you're not going to complain. That's for sure.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, State Street and this whole issue with the rats has really sort of divided people because it's its actually pit some of the businesses against each other and then politicians against businesses. And it's getting kind of out of hand. Meanwhile, the master plan effort is underway and that's going to take a few years. And these businesses have to comply with storm drain requirements and they have to make sure their parklets meet these standards to, to satisfy public works and also just make them look aesthetically pleasing. So that's part of the conversation. I had to tell you, when Randy got elected <laughs> uh, the mood sort of changed in terms of at least uh response to journalists and access, and I know that other people in the community feel that way, is that he's created sort of an environment where even if he doesn't necessarily agree with you or you agree with him, he will talk to you still. And I think that's a a really strong trait to have. I write stories all the time and Randy will shoot me an email, a text, or he'll shoot Jerry, you know, a a comment on something I say on his show. And, but but the thing is he'll give the feedback, you know, he'll, he'll talk. He'll say this, this is why I disagree with this perspective, this angle, and then he'll do what he does and he'll move on. And I imagine that's a trait that I see in a very small way as a reporter, but that's a trait that, that is successful for him among people in the real world. You obviously served with Randy on the city council and you've known him. Um, what would you say from your perspective, from afar, from talking to him and from watching, what is the greatest quality he brings to city hall?
1: Well, I, I, I think I said it uh, right the first time. He's an adult in the room hmm. and he doesn't try to put his thumb too heavily on the scale in one direction or the other. And obviously, um, wait, in passing, I'll mention the the fact that uh, Ariel Cologne got let go. Randy had to be a leader in that, and that was a I think a very difficult thing to do. Uh, he knows he know knew and knows Ariel well as do I. Nice guy, very sharp guy, very very strong opinions in some ways, and I have no idea why that whole thing happened. But I thought Randy handled it pretty well because it could have been a real firestorm, and it wasn't. It was a brief burnout. And it went it went its way. I think uh, Ariel ended up okay financially, which is good, because um, he's worked for what thirty years in the pub in public service and been an important uh, what addition to public life uh, up and down the coast.
0: Yeah, yeah he's the, he's definitely uh, made an impact in Ventura and Santa Barbara. What did you think of that? The way Santa Barbara handled that situation, obviously. Ariel was there one day this is city (laughs) attorney Ariel Kalan he was there one day and then he's not and there's no announcement nothing and then I wrote a story and then there's a little bit of a statement and then he's gone and then finally you know they just say you know he's no longer with the city um in terms of transparency if you were sort of on the council and I know there's legal ramifications here in terms of personnel issues what you could tell the the city um manager you know and and and, and that such but um, what would you say in terms of transparency could there have been a better way to deal with that issue from the city's perspective
1: um no i actually don't think there could have been a better way because it was going to be ugly
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um they just sort of sat on their hands and kept their mouths closed and ultimately you and i and others got tired of talking about it and they made their the decision and they moved on yeah and um It could have been long and painful, and it wasn't. So in that sense, I would have to say I think they did a a darn good job. Speaking of people doing a good job, I think, uh, at least as I gather, Rebecca Bjork is is great. Um, She certainly was when I was there. She wasn't in the position that she is now. But um, she's a lady who listens well, doesn't let people push her around. Um, She'll tell them what she thinks they ought to do, and, and goes on from there. So she's a darn good manager, and I think continues to be so, as far as I can understand.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, Rebecca is very respected, um, almost uniformly. I hear positive comments about her from the city, uh, city side of things. Uh, what do you think of this council? There's seven of them. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Randy. You know some of them. Uh, you've served with some of them. Uh, what do you, What do you think of uh, how this council as a whole is working? You know, and and I, I preface that in the context of. Of uh, before, we had seven Democrats, uh, seven people who, at the end of the day, are going to agree on almost everything. Uh, Randy's, uh, you know, he is what he is. He's, you know, moderate, right-leaning, conservative, whatever. Uh, He's not a part of the Democratic Party, but how do you think the seven of them are working together, from your perspective? Well,
1: they seem to be listening to him, so they're not uh, acting as a block. I don't know that much about it, and I don't I don't think I know any of them personally, but um, uh, they're not home run hitters, um, but they're up there and they're not making any big mistakes. So that's good. You know, a city council is supposed to be representative of its people. And I guess to a degree it is. I I only take exception to uh, when I say representative of its people when that becomes uh, identity politics, which I hope it doesn't become. I don't think that's a good way to go. But that's um, nothing to do with today's city council.
0: Yeah, that's definitely uh, uh, true. Uh, The the council generally is in a better place. And I know because I talk to them and I know what they say to me, uh, you know, notwithstanding the fact that Randy's, you know, he's he's his own sort of entity. Hey, uh, Frank, you're paying attention to this stuff in the city of Santa Barbara, but... Uh, I know that you are uh, somebody who thinks big and follows these issues nationally. What is your take on uh, sort of the state of our country right now? Obviously, we just passed through the midterm elections, and it's so polarizing. It, it's The conversation is very rarely about the issues. It's always about who's going to take control of the House, who's going to take control of the Senate, and what does this mean for our <clears throat> policies or our perspectives going forward And I recall that stuff really bothered you when you were in Santa Barbara, but what's your take on the country and where we're at right now in terms of politics?
1: Well, I don't think there's any question we're a divided country. Mm -hmm. That sounds uh, worse than I think it is. That's kind of what you expect from a democracy. Um, And in that sense, it's healthy, healthy so long as the two sides are listening to each other. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Interestingly... Uh, I left California, which is still, I think, pretty much a one-party state, and I came to Georgia, which, oddly enough, is also sort of a one-party state. They happen to be opposite parties. I didn't come, <laughs> I didn't come here for that reason, but recently, um, the most recent election, the Republicans won every statewide uh, position, with the exception of a uh, runoff uh, for Senator, and that that could be up in the air, but that's only one individual. I'm talking about, you know, 10, 15 other people that are all up and down, and starting with the governor, Brian Kemp, who really, um am uh, trying to not, not be too dramatic here. Well, he really s- s- slaughtered, I guess you could say, his opponent, uh, who, second time around for her, um, Stacey Abrams and... Mm-hmm. Last time that happened, she refused to admit that she'd lost, and this time, um, before the evening was out, she called up Kemp and said, "You won. Thank you. Goodbye." <laughs> so uh, that's healthy. That's good. You know, it's not easy to do that, but it's good to do that. I'm glad she did. So anyway, it's uh, you know sort of ironic that uh, I moved from one one party state to another one party state. Although we're much more what uh, in play, I would say than California has been or maybe ever will be again.
0: <laughs> what do you think of uh, Herschel Walker and uh, Warnock and that whole, I mean, that's a national story. And, and you know, every time Herschel Walker opens his mouth, uh, everyone sort of goes after him. And, you know, he says a lot of really stupid things. <laughs> uh, but are, are you enjoying watching that contest or is it sort of embarrassing?
1: Well, um, no, I, I voted early uh, last time when they – and then also in this runoff, so it's a secret ballot, and I'm not saying which way I voted. Yeah. Um, I think I, Warnock is uh, mostly side, uh, allied to his party. I don't see him doing much independent thinking, and hard to say about Walker. He's never been a politician before. Yeah. Some people think that's terrible. Others people think that's just exactly what it should be, so... We'll see. I think he will have an uphill battle to make it in the Senate. And if I were him, I'd have second thoughts about going to Washington, kind of like <laughs> ju- jumping in the shark
0: pool and trying to swim. Not a not a pretty sight. Yeah, the the things he says, though, uh, obviously it um, it's a weird conversation because you know do, do, politicians do we want them to be the the smartest people in the room or do we want them to just sort of uh be the people who represent uh you know the people the constituents uh do we want an outsider cuz you know we judge these people as though they're sort of going to be uh supervisors at uh you know the our place of employment and that's not who's running <laughs> this is a popularity contest and this is a communication contest and who can appeal to the most amount of people and so herschel walker has got this incredible name recognition right people know who he is but then when he talks we're like how can he say those things those are not those are not uh, intelligent comments. And so um it is what it is, but I know a lot of people will look past that. If somebody has just got an R by their name or even the other side, just a D by their name, they'll just say, well, I'm going to vote for that. So um that's well, been-
1: well, more than an R or a D he's got UGA after his name, which is university of Georgia. And he is uh, he's uh loved and respected for what he did here as a football player. And, I guess to some degree since then, I don't know that much about it, but I kind of uh, um, duck and run when it comes to national politics. Yeah, Uh, There's so many shots going
0: on. I don't want to get caught in any of it here. (laughs) Hey, uh, one of the things that at least I attribute to you in terms of your, your impact uh, was uh, cruise ships in Santa Barbara. I recall that you were the one who was talking about how can we have this uh, incredible, paradise tourist destination but we do not have cruise ships able to come to santa barbara and at the time it was sort of a a little bit of a a environmental sort of conversation and talk and you know you push for it and then a lot of people liked it a lot of people in the community the business community what they bring and now we have something like post-covid you know we're getting 20 20 cruise ships a year coming to santa barbara and every time there's one out there Everyone's like, "Look, the cruise ships here." You know, it's like no one's saying, "Oh, you know, they're bad." Uh, So um, you know, and so that's a source of tourism money. It's a it's it's a source of all kinds of revenue for the city, and so um, that's one of your legacies. What do you think about that? You know, are you are you sort of proud that you're able to bring that to the city, your advocate? Yeah, you know that was. There's a funny story behind that.
1: Um, I had never thought about that when I was elected, and never mentioned it when campaigning. Then we got in there. Um, and I was trying to think what would be a good way to bolster the local economy without damaging things. And I uh, thought, God, cruise ships. But, so we had, I think, two or three that year. And I went to the Harvard, Harvard Department and they, a bunch of nice guys. I said, how, how does that happen? They said, oh, they call us. I said, oh, I said, well, how about if we call them? And, you know, <laughs> you know, went, well, yeah, I guess we could try that. That's what set off the uh, charge, if I can put it that way. And when I had left, there may have been too too many. I think there were 30 the last year I was there. So if you're down to 20, that's good. (laughs) Um, People will always complain no matter what you do. If you walk on water, you go like, well, why didn't you get your feet wet? So uh, some people complained about cruise ships. But I think, by and large, they've been good. And I can tell you, uh, here in Savannah, I do a number of things that, allow me to meet all sorts of people I never would have met otherwise. And I think it's wonderful when strangers come in and and you get a chance to interact with them. That brings up just a minor thing here. Savannah is a very different world um, as the Southeast is than the West Coast. And literally when you walk down the street, it's not unusual at all to somebody passing you by you've never seen before says, well, I hope you have a nice day. Or, um, God bless you, or, I mean, gosh, if that happened in New York or uh, Los Angeles, you'd, you'd put your hand in your wallet to make sure you still <laughs> have it, you know? And, but they're genuine. They really are genuine here. And um, that sort of Southern sensibility pervades pretty much everything. So that's a, a wonderful addition. Uh, the other thing besides cruise ships, and I was thinking about this in my waking up in the middle of the night for some reason. I saw on uh, NewsHog that the Christmas tree was being put in place in center I don't know if you remember, but I think it was about 2012 or so. I think mrs Southern California Edison were they the sponsor? I can't remember if they are or not. If they, they, should, if they are, they should get credit. But thought it was them, but for um, financial reasons, they said, "Well, sorry, we can't do the Christmas tree this year." And I said, "What?" Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I just went through the roof. Um nobody else really did. I mentioned it to Randy, and he kind of said, Well, I don't want you know. So I called <laughs> up John Palmanteri and he turned the tide. He went down and did on the street interviews right in front of the uh theater there, and everybody was outraged. And within 24 hours, Edison had turned that around and said, <laughs> No, no, we'll we'll have a treat. So I mean, I can't say I'm the guy that saved Christmas. And I didn't mean to blow my own horn, but I was really glad that that was an effect that we had.
0: Yeah, I recall that. Uh, that that's true. Um, and yeah, you get palmitary on it, and there's going to be a lot of eyes on it <laughs> for sure uh, in terms of that impact. What do you miss most, uh, Frank, about being on the city council? It's such a Santa Barbara, such an amazing place, and very few will ever serve in the role that you did. And there's such a, a an honor uh, and, and su- 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 such a esteem to be able to do that. And you were able to do, it, and you were able to do it in a place where there was very few, even fewer of you. You know, the conservatives on the Santa Barbara City Council. What do you miss most about that time?
1: Well, occasionally there are time there are things you can do that are really impactful. One of which was with Randy's cooperation to remove the opportunity for RVs to park along Cabrillo Boulevard and virtually block out the uh, ocean view for anybody driving up down the street. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the longest time, the cops had told us, no, we can't do that. You got to do this. And all of a sudden, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Cam Sanchez said, no, I think we can do it. And we did. We posted signs and you don't have RVs camping out now along Cabrillo Boulevard. I don't think that was, that was a good thing. And you could never have seen that coming, but we, kind of stumbled into that and did the right thing the other thing that that was much more controversial was when uh chick-fil-a um, asked him to make a, I think a small change in their plans of how they were uh, operating and the I can't remember what board it was but ABR. They took, okay ABR took issue not with their plans but they didn't like chick-fil-a's politics regarding same-sex marriage and so they voted down that based not on the project but on the applicant and to its credit universally right and left the city council said no way you are not going to do that and then i asked that be talk to the members of the the board and get them to make sure they were shooting straight and um that that was uh you know, someone didn't want it. One guy said, Well, no, I'm sorry. This is where my life meets with my political life, and I'm gay and shouldn't be. And then somebody else said, No, I made a mistake. I won't vote that way again. And somebody else just left the board. But I was glad because I felt, and I still feel, that to uh, take a political view of uh, people's um, preferences and judge whatever project they're doing based on that is what happened in Germany in 1933 and on. It was, that sounds a little dramatic, but it, it, it was the, it is a first step down the road to um, totalitarianism or what's the right word. I can't think right now, but anyway, and I, I made that point And I think people agreed with that. Um, they didn't agree with my point of view. They agreed <laughs> that, that that was not a, principle that uh, should be violated
0: yeah you know it's it's always a tough thing because uh the people who work at chick-fil-a you know they're not part of the ownership or corporation and and so if the ownership is donating uh again to policies you disagree with fine you don't have to agree with them but um you know there's this they're teenagers they're young people (laughs) they're just trying to make money over there you know and you boycott this thing it's you're impacting a uh just people who you might even like know in real life i mean i know this issue came up with uh chick-fil-a and how popular they're they are now they're so popular there's lines out on the state street and so there's people who are like close chick-fil-a because it's horrible unhealthy food and they're also this terrible organization it's like well all that may be true but um the people who work there are it's their jobs and, and and i i don't think you should blame uh people for policies of somebody very far away it's entirely otherwise i mean you can't eat anywhere i'm sure there's people who we don't agree with you know no matter what side you're on and every corporation <laughs> well, more than that there's 2500 people as i understand
1: it a day local santa Barbaras that enjoy having a uh, chick-fil-a club sandwich or whatever and that's a strong vote and i yeah. think uh, randy got that right away and said we're not going to penalize success. Um, and they've worked around it. And I guess it's, it's been resolved That the uh,
0: uh, traffic problem there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was incredible. The lines would back out uh, onto the street and then they hired the security. They hired people in the parking lot and they, they manage it. And, There's almost never – I've never seen a line now in six months when I drive by there. NewsHawks office is right around there. And now they're opening another one out in uh, the Santa Barbara County area in Olita. So they're definitely popular. Um, Hey, Frank, I want to talk about you. Uh, You have a very unique, interesting background. I believe you worked as a journalist for a while. You're an actor. um, You're a realtor. Uh, Can you talk for the audience about – just give us a little bit of history on you and and, and, and uh, your career and some of the things you did. Yes.
1: I started off as an actor, did some films and, or actually a film and television, and then got frustrated with that because you're always waiting for the phone to ring. And most of the time it doesn't. So when you, when you work, you get great pay and I love to act. I have to tell you, I don't know if you remember, but I did a bunch of plays with Rick Moakler and, uh, but uh, at uh, the at college, at the college there, yeah. they were great, and I just love doing it. I mean, to me, it's great. it's like an opportunity to become somebody else, mm-hmm. and you a certain part of your nature comes out that you don't usually have or express. So, acting was like that. Writing, oddly enough, has been very much the same. Um, I think I you've read maybe the book that I had. I'll okay. do a promo if you want here, but yeah, um, can you see that. Right, yeah. Of course. Right, of course. Writing that book was the same. The 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 people in that book sort of took over once I started had them firmly in mind as to what their character was, and it was great fun to do it. as just briefly a story of a older guy who makes the mistake of falling in love with a much younger girl. There's no nothing novel about that, but he's not gonna get be stupid or whatever, so he's just gonna they gotta be friends and uh, that's when he realizes he's playing with fire and so he does make some mistakes and then it's the really the that's the, the kind of unserious part of the book that the book really talks about American life particularly in the northeast and in, in the New York corridor um, in the late 90s and how it affects people and affected him so um, I bring that up only because you were asking about background when I when I switch from acting to journalism and then from journalism to public relations. Uh, excuse me, I got a spam call. Sure. Um, I went to, uh, I was head of publications for the LA Olympics for a while and then uh, left there and Adidas found me and made me, uh, put me in charge of their Olympic program, which was great. I got to meet all sorts of Famous people, from Bob Beeman to, God, I don't know who else, everybody in those Olympics. And, uh, and then just from that, it was natural to take the PR side of it and make it a business, which I did. I was not very good as a realtor. I don't really know why, but I was never that good at that. So um, when it came time to either be elected as mayor or not, or had been termed out, I really wasn't. I don't know why i wasn't sorry that i didn't win i would like to have won but i wasn't devastated by any means it just seemed like it was time to move on i think as i told you before mm-hmm. the uh, the next chapter which is what uh w- what i've got here in savannah um
0: i don't know end of story something more you want to hear <laughs> well you know you reminded me that the first time i met you was a long time ago when i was at the news press and uh you were a realtor and The city, and you can probably correct me here if you remember it better than I do, but the city was doing these creek setback uh, rules, Um, and so they were saying that uh, top of bank of the creek would now extend this far away, which was potentially infringing on people's backyards because they wanted to do, I guess easements or trails or something and um, i remember you know you came in and and you were at the time it's like there's this realtor guy coming in to talk to the city hall reporter and there may have been a like an editor in the room a couple other people too uh and you were talking about how hey this is an infringement on private property and uh, the city can't do this and uh you know we did stories and you were just you were not running for anything at that time you were just doing your job and the city backed off on, on that, you know? And do you remember that? Do you remember that conversation we had way back when? You, you know, honestly, I
1: don't remember that much about it. I do remember another instance where <laughs> I was able to do something that swayed the city council with the help of um, Joe Campanelli. I don't know if you know Joe. Yeah. Good, good contractor and general contractor. The city had proposed, the fire department was proposing that to require uh, sprinklers Be reinstalled in any home that was going to be what I don't know a a small amount of change, and uh, I said no. It shouldn't be just sprinklers everywhere. We don't want to have that. Only after a much more larger part of the house, like fifty percent, and I got Joe Campanelli to come with me because he knew contracting and construction. And we went before the city council, which then included Das and uh, and the the uh, what was it the one of the two committees there. Anyway, Das, to his credit, said, "Hey, thank you for pointing out our overstepping here. Appreciate you oper- opera offering not just a complaint but a solution." Yeah. And they instituted our solution. So that was kind of fun. You know, it's, I think, exciting to participate in the democratic process of our cities and of our country. We are unique in that we have over, what, almost 300 years now handed from one opposing party to another peacefully, responsibly, the authority to govern. And elsewhere that has involved violence and uh worse here it has not and uh we should be immensely proud of that and i felt that when i was in the city council that this was it was an honor not only to represent the city or people in the city but to be part of that larger system which is played you know we are a leader
0: in the world for that reason mm-hmm. yeah what what do you do in uh in Georgia? What what is your life like these days? Have you have you trying to get involved at all in volunteer or politics or, uh, how are you spending your time? Not in politics, um, no. Uh, but This is sort of a strange story, but a lot of things in
1: my life are strange stories. <laughs> we bought a Tesla about three years ago, three and a half years ago. <laughs> it is such fun to drive. I'd always been a a, a Porsche guy. I mean, I love. Porsches, and, um, you know, speedy and just great-feel, sleek-looking sleds. And then a friend, an acquaintance here, took me for a ride in his Tesla, and I just fell in love with the technology. I mean, it is so cool. It's uh, decades ahead of everything else, and very fast. I mean, I can beat anything on the street now, virtually. I'm oh, so after a few months of having the car, I found myself saying to my Sandy, my wife, gee, are there, you need me to run any errands today or got anything, you know, just to get out of the car. And then I realized, holy smokes, I might as well get paid for this. So I actually signed up to be a part-time driver with Uber. Wow. And it is, I mean, the city councilman is a driver, what? I have met so many interesting people that way. And you make pocket change. You know, you make some okay money. But yeah. the people you encounter are really interesting. And it's a little bit, One, I was talking to one guy about how open people are when they get in the backseat, they'll just start, start talking about anything. He said it's a little bit like being a bartender. And you're just sitting there and people yeah. just start talking. And it's true. You get injected into the middle of people's lives. And they will tell, I mean, one guy told me about having to send his son to prison for 25 years because something awful he had done. And I'm just sitting there listening to this story. Yeah. So that's just one uh, illustration of, like, you you really can meet anybody. And and to begin new to the city, you end up going everywhere. Yeah. I think I know this city better than most of the realtors that I talk to here. So it's in and, and you, you make your own hours. Yeah. Anybody who gets in a Tesla, never ridden in a Tesla before, just is like can't stop talking about it. Right. And inevitably I'll say, Well, they're quick. Do you want to see how quick? Sure. And I'll step on the accelerator and women will scream and <laughs> guy, and guys will say, Oh, excellent. <laughs> it's a gender thing. It's amazing. Uh-huh. And they're all thrilled. They just think it's great fun. So, well, I'm going to remember this drive forever. So anyway, that's one of the things I've been doing. The other is I've wow. been promoting my book as best I could. I've only got one in print. And I there was a, a guy who was actually quite well-known here as a producer, read it. And um, I thought I'd just call him up, see if he liked it. He said, you must be psychic. I said, Why? He said, I just finished your book, and I'm still so emotionally moved by it. So he, at one point, was going to uh, see if there was a a movie in its future. That really hasn't gone anywhere, but that's encouraging when people get uh, excited about something you've done.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, that just goes to – to you and you being so goal driven and really appreciating opportunities, uh, you decide to write a book. You know, you know, at this stage of your life, and it was uh, well received. I know there's a lot of good writing in there. Jerry Roberts and I always talk about your uh, penchant for writing, um, shall we say, uh, romance. <laughs> yeah, that <those> was <were> absolutely <laughs> romance. Yeah, and there's yes. some pretty spicy
1: parts parts in it too. <laughs> I, was, I was at a, it's funny, I was at a senior's nursing home in Santa Barbara, and uh, at some point, uh, no, I was promoting the book, and uh, I said, you know, in closing, I have to tell you that there's some pretty racy parts here. Yeah. God, they all raced out to buy the book. That was <laughs> <great>. <laughs> it was great. The other thing is that um, Georgia has become a really central hub for filmmaking, and uh, so I proposed in, uh, to the local newspaper the Santa Barbara, I'm uh, sorry the, uh, Savannah Morning News that I do a column uh, highlighting uh, films that had been done there that people didn't know about, for example you remember the movie My Cousin Vinny? Yeah <laughs> I think a big thing about being in, in Alabama not in Alabama, entirely shot in Georgia Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, driving Miss is entirely in Georgia. and then the one that really kicked off the whole movie uh, phenomena in Georgia was deliverance, which if you can believe, it was made on less than two million dollars, million and a half dollars. Some of the actors almost died in it because they never had any experience on the river and nor had the director. It led to the formation of the Georgia, Georgia Film Commission, which then made it uh, their goal to attract Hollywood or whoever wanted to film here, and had been really successful that way. So anyway, uh, I wanted to highlight for local people films that uh, were done here that they may not have known about. The General's Daughter. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that was done and produced by locally by a local producer a guy named uh, Stratton uh, Leopold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whose day job is producing some of the best ice cream in the world? Leopold's ice cream. I mean, it's said all over the place. Anyway, yeah. just a sideline. Okay. So, you <laughs> like what I've been doing? That's uh, kind of what I've been doing. And my wife and I have just gotten, we've been able to do some traveling. We just got back from uh, a little bit over a week on the Danube, starting in Budapest and going north, ending up in Nuremberg. And that was uh, interesting in a lot of ways, one of which was to see where National Socialism Nazis had gotten their foothold in 1933 and on at these uh, huge rallies that they held, which, by the way, were not a sole, uh, uh, what, political parties in Germany did that traditionally, hadn't rallies, but nobody had done it as successfully and as huge as the Nazis did. So, I mean, it was really interesting to see where that had taken place, to learn more about how it came about, and to some degree, where the Germans made some just awful errors that proved earth-shaking, world-shaking.
0: Wow, what, what an incredible time in your life to be able to do all these things. You know, you're traveling the world, but you're also... Literally down to earth, you know, as a as a, a Uber driver, meeting all these really cool, interesting people, and you have this Tesla, and you have a newspaper column, and it sounds like you're uh, really enjoying your your time there. So that's kind of cool. So can I read your column? Can I go online and uh, Google it? Is it available? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. um If you go to, if you don't, if you can't find it, let me know. I'll, I'll put together some for you. But go to Savannah Morning News and just put my name into the search. Yeah. Uh, all the columns that have written uh, will come up and, you know, read what you want. There's nothing but, I mean, they're not great literature, but their point <laughs> is to kind of show you know, some surprising things about, do you remember the movie um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that film really put Savannah on the the national tourist map. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, the guy that played the judge in that, Never acted before. And in fact, he was the uh de- defense counsel for the for Jim Williams, who was accused of murdering somebody, uh for four separate trials. And they ended up playing not himself in the in the film, but the judge in the case. So why? I don't know. He was good though. I can tell <laughs> you. He was really good. His name is Sonny Seiler. End of the snippet there.
0: <laughs> hey on your uber driving did you ever have you ever had a a scary moment Did you ever pick somebody up and you're like oh i gotta get away get out of this one as quickly as possible or is everybody pretty polite
1: um 99 percent polite every now and then a jerk or two or that's gotta be true of anything you do yeah the worst the worst thing was i i had a woman who i went to pick up and she must have weighed 300 400 pounds Mm-hmm. And I don't have a big car, so you know I I got her in the car. I could feel the car kind of going, mm-hmm. and then resolved in the future I couldn't have somebody overweight like that, just get them a bigger car, an yeah. SUV. The only time that I actually had to threaten to throw somebody out of the car was some teenage girls that got in and were just jabbering away, and you know in the back seat was, and it's actually my fault because. Uh, Uber is the, the the guidelines are you don't take somebody unaccompanied uh, by an adult if they are not uh, eighteen or over or eighteen or under if they are eighteen under they have to have it, be an adult and these girls are all high school girls so my mistake I should have said girls sorry you're too young but I didn't but they 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 were not uh, not pleasant
0: <laughs> oh that's that's so cool hey Frank let's wrap up. Um there'll be people watching this who are going to be really happy to hear you hear hear your stories and reconnect. Uh you probably talked to some people still in town but what 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 do you want to say to people who, who remember you appreciate you and 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 are interested in sort of what you're doing now with your life uh what are your final thoughts here on those people who remember you.
1: Well they're a little bit along the spiritual line if I can put it that way.
0: Yeah.
1: That is to say remain optimistic no matter what occurs, and don't give up on your ideals, mm-hmm. even when you see they are overridden by others who you may think are stupid, and they may be or they may not be. Um, and to keep going forward. And um, there was recently a video sent around, uh, actually yesterday I looked at it, about a guy and his father who were, whose car broke down in <laughs> Bakersfield on a Sunday of all times, And one by one, people stepped forward to help them repair the car, get the tools and the parts that were needed. Um, What else did they do? Uh, Eventually, they got everything back online. And this is all within, I guess, 12 hours. And then they said, well, God, thanks. I wish I could pay you. I said, no, no, hey, you're not leaving. He said, no, I said, you're coming to dinner. (laughs) And they had them over to dinner. The guy said it was the best dinner I ever had, fried chicken and whatever. So his point was, I think, a good one. Those are what people are. That is what people are really like, not the negative things that you
0: can see too easily in the the media. Yeah. Well, great, Frank. Uh, Well said. I appreciate you taking time to uh, talk and uh, reconnect with the people in Santa Barbara and offer all your your views on on, on things. And uh, you're definitely missed at City Hall. So thanks a lot for taking time. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.